0: Head on over to morgandwilliams.com newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show.
1: Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So, if you're ready for a value-packed interview, let Listen on, here's your host, Morgan Williams.
0: Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Nish Mahin. Sales manager at Reply app. Reply automates sales and puts your email outreach on autopilot while still making each communication personal. It dramatically increases your sales productivity, allows you to easily scale your outreach, send more and better emails, and never miss a follow-up again. Nish, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Quarantine life here in uh, Toronto. If so, uh, <laughs> you can hear any background noise, this is probably my, uh, my little one I'm making some uh, noises upstairs, but it's a pleasure to be, be here. All um, right. As well.
0: Awesome. Can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now at Reply?
2: Sure. So my background, a lot of reps, when I speak to them, they say they kind of fell into sales. Mm-hmm. I got pulled into it uh, kicking and screaming. My father was, uh, he had his own financial services uh, firm. And in my second year, he's like, hey, listen, sales is a pretty good uh, intrinsic skill set you can use to kind of uh, leverage and use that to kind of grow within any facet of your life. So join me in the business, and him being the sales sales guy, he was very persistent, and finally uh, I kind of succumbed, and, and I got into financial services, and I found I had a knack for sales, and I parlayed that into uh, Rico, where I was doing field sales. And that was like a huge learning curve, 60 months going field sales, door knocking, and then I got into software sales at Profit's. Uh, selling CPM, and uh, I had a stint you know, in an events company where it was almost like a boiler room mentality. And mm. one thing where you had 60 reps, and I was like flanked with like assassins on the phone that really pure really cold calling. So I had a lot of like learning curves from throughout my career. That was probably one of the better ones. Um, from there, I got into got back in software, and I realized software is where I want to be at. And I planted my flag. I worked at IT uh, management, and then uh, SAP reseller firm. And I finally landed at Reply, working remotely for four years and love it. While I was in university, I actually had one of my passions is Muay Thai uh, boxing. I did martial arts for over over a decade. I competed, trained. And I found that, like, a lot of the fundamentals that I learned being successful at Muay Thai, I applied it in my sales career as well. And I found that kind of helped me be successful. And by repeating that template, I was able to be successful within my sales career as well.
0: Outstanding. I love when people have... You know, door-to-door experience, I think it's like some of the most valuable sales training you can ever have, especially when you're starting out early on in your career and cold calling. That's what I have a lot of experience in early in my career, so I know how helpful that can be. What are some things you picked up that cold calling experience, door-knocking experience that
2: you still use with you today? That's a good question. What I find is that the biggest one is just kind of gives you confidence. Um, knowing that you know you have yeah. a lot of leads in the seat um, and when you have that kind of confidence going into like a discovery call, demo call, closing call, it just kind of provides that added level of edge where you can kind of go in there without being completely detached from the outcome. And when yeah. you have that detachment, you're actually a lot more successful at closing the deal. I, I kind of compare it to dating where, you know, if you were to date, if you only have one girl and you, and that one girl is kind of you put all your eggs in that basket Mm-hmm. put too much attachment to the uh, the outcome. But when you have multiple options, you're so much more relaxed. And because of that, the attraction kind of comes into play. And the same concept and same principle applies in uh, kind of the sales process as well. Um, just going door-to-door knocking and being in person, having people pretty much kick you up out of the office, it, yeah. builds, it builds a lot of like thick skin, which you need especially now. And, and now one of the trends is with technology, a lot of like sales reps are becoming reliant on technology. Yeah, and it's, it's preventing them from doing that cold call, uh, picking up the phone. And most reps hide behind technology to kind of make it easier for them. And there's a technology that kind of provides AI and, you know, lead generation options to kind of tell them exactly who to call. And everything is kind of compartmentalized in terms of who to target. And that kind of prevents them from learning that growth opportunity that you can get from cold calling, especially in person, or even picking up the phone and uh, making phone calls as well. At my events company, it kind of it gives me a story in terms of my uh, sure. that uh, World Trade Group. We didn't have a fancy CRM. We didn't have lead generation technology. All we had was literally an ideal customer persona. And using that, we would literally go on LinkedIn, type in the executives that we wanted to uh, have at the event, and print out the page. And from there, we would get the phone number, and call the operator and get them to convince them to actually get us through to the uh, C-level executive. And these are share 500 companies, and mm-hmm. we would get them. And if we get the voicemail, we'd actually do a backdoor method to figure out the direct number and then write mm-hmm. the direct number on the piece of paper. So we had a stack of like 70 papers uh, of wow. LinkedIn profiles, and we were doing like two calls, cold calls a day. So our metric was like 150 cold calls. Imagine mm-hmm. doing that for almost a year. How much kind of uh, knowledge and experience you get by picking up the phone. And being able to get someone that's a C-level executive to attend an event based on a pitch that you do on a call. That's what I kind of, you know, got able to get from from working at at that company. And it kind of goes to show, like, how important it is to be able to pick up the phone or in person and and make that cold call.
0: Absolutely. I mean, most of it is just dealing with no, right? Collecting the most no's. Dealing with that rejection, managing it. Like you said, detaching yourself from the outcome. And just being persistent. And of course, through all of that repeated experience that you had, getting those, dealing with objections, you're able to start, you know, taking those mental notes or physical notes on, you know, what works? How do I, not just what I say, but how do I say it? You know, what does it really take to get through to people? So that's, that's, that's huge. So you mentioned something very interesting that sales reps are now becoming on, becoming reliant on technology. You know, I've heard a lot about my generation, the millennial generation, right? No one wants to pick up the phone anymore. True to an extent, for sure. But, um, definitely all this new software in the space is easier to step further and further away from, you know, just talking to someone. So what does that mix look like of technology versus, you know, just, you know, doing, you know, old school, just talking to somebody? How can reps leverage it effectively and how can, you know, managers, train reps to make sure they're not losing those fundamentals.
2: Yeah, those absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big creature in terms of fundamentals, mm-hmm. mashing the basics. One of the things that uh, we do here at Reply is all about customizing the outreach. Now, technology is definitely a good kind of facet to have, but it should be part of a multi-channel sequence that you utilize to reach out to your prospects. Uh, nowadays, just doing, you know, cold outreach via an email isn't is really going to cut it. Before, when I first started, it wasn't uncommon to have like 20%, 30% reply rate just using like a first name variable. Um, mm. Because back then, they didn't have that kind of technology. When I started in reply for four years, I think it was us and um, one, of the, one or two other competitors. So not many people really knew the, uh, the space. So when they got right. a personalized email, they're like, you know what? Somebody's sending me an email. Let me at least get back to them. So now, because there's such a huge amount of people using uh, email automation, and other kind of uh, technology, people are becoming more educated. So you have to start personalizing it. What does that entail? One of the things that's growing is video. Um, there's art Video. We have a direct integration with them. You could have like a customized video to the uh, the prospect. Now, is that possible? It's not possible yet. But what you can do is, one of the things you could do is you could do like a custom message to a mic, and you can go on LinkedIn sales navigator, find all the mics within the <laughs> that are sales in the software industry, like and then do a, do a video for Mike. So when Mike gets it, he's like, you know what, uh, Morgan kind of sent me a, a personalized video. So let me at least get back to him. So it just, you got to do things to turn the needle. Right. One of the things that we, we also find here that works, and we actually were able to get four X in terms of uh, generating more conversion okay. is customizing based on, you know, what you learn about the prospect on the LinkedIn profile. For example, if you go on any LinkedIn profile, you're going to see someone, you know, they're either following like Bill Gates, some big names, or they love running or basketball. So we have kind of a, a way to where we do custom snippets where we're like, you know what, if you want to learn how you can uh, close deals fast that Usain Bolt can run a 100 meter, it just kind of gives them that that knowing that, you know what, this guy actually came on my LinkedIn profile and kind of did that research. Um, so that's kind of the balance. You use technology, but don't rely on it completely where you're like, I don't need to kind of personalize and give that human touch in terms of the outreach. And it's part of a process where email is kind of the first touch point, but there's also going to be a touch point for pick up the phone and call somebody and connect with somebody um, via phone call. Cause not nowadays, more and more people are not picking up the phone. So when you do call somebody, they're like, Hey, you actually called like, yeah. so that's you apart from, from everybody else that's kind of shying away from picking up the phone. And also on top of that, now with social media, everyone is kind of communicating on their platform of choice, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. So if you have a cadence that kind of has email, call, as well as a social touch, it kind of improves your chance of connecting with the person. Especially now, you need to have at least six to eight touch points before you actually get a response from a prospect. So it's kind of combining and merging those aspects of personalized touch with technology. That's going to conversion because ultimately people buy from people. And if you're not, if you're not customizing, you're pretty much going to be dead in the water.
0: Absolutely. And you, you mentioned a lot of really good things there. I want to couch it in just to give people context who may not be aware of kind of what you were talking about, how like just straight email automation with very little personalization isn't working anymore. You know, I feel like the industry or the outbound sales industry back in the nineties, right? Straight cold calling no real email usage, email was much more effective. Then we kind of get, at least in the tech world, got into the Aaron Ross kind of uh, outbound or cold calling 2.0, where you're now um, dividing groups into like S, you get the SDR, BDR, you get the AE, you're, you're dividing that labor, that assembly line. Then we kind of get into automation, like you were saying, with Reply and only a couple other competitors. They're Now you're able to leverage the technology to get more emails out. Um, now more people are entering the space, but now it's become hyper personalization and it's omni channel outreach that you have to use. So we're three things you mentioned, three highlights, right? Customizing outreach using video if you can, uh, using omni channel approach with, you know, not just email, but calling. Texting has been extremely effective for me with people I already had contact with. Social touches, like you said, and then just, uh, baking in persistence as well it takes more effort to get someone attention. You're really not going to get anybody's attention with one or two emails. It definitely takes coming coming back. And people I've seen, they like good outreach. If you give if you have good outreach, people will respond. So I definitely agree with everything you are saying there. So you mentioned the, this hyper personalization, omni channel approach, persistence. Is there anything else you're seeing in the space, or what else are you seeing in the space when it comes to reps? getting more attention from prospects like what's working you're seeing
2: yeah a big big thing is because of social media the smart reps that are really like dominating um in terms of hitting the numbers and exceeding the numbers are the ones that are putting a lot of content on social media they're becoming like subject matter experts because they understand that majority of customers they're highly educated they could have literally 99.9 percent of what they need to know to buy the product or service on the palm of their hands so they understand that. So they're like, you know what? Let me get ahead of this curve. Let me start putting out content in terms of topics that resonate with my ideal customer persona. A lot of knowledge and experience that a rep has in terms of that space that they can share with whether it's on LinkedIn. Do a video kind of recording of what you found worked and what what didn't work, and share those content online. And what happens is your target audience will naturally start gravitating towards your. Uh, content, And then they'll start seeing you as the, the subject matter expert. And if they do that, you've already started building credibility, trust, and that that rapport already before they even entered into the conversation with you. So when they actually decide, you know what, I need XYZ product, who do you think they're going to talk to first in regards to that? They're going to go directly to the uh, person that they've been following and say, hey, listen, I've been following you for some time now. Um, I'd love to kind of hear more about uh, your, your service. I think there might be a fit here let's jump on a call. So that's something that is definitely going to help reps kind of stay ahead of the curve and compete on a level where they can, you know, smash their numbers.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. And just with anyone creating content, like even if your posts don't get a lot of engagement, comments, or likes, if you're seeing right now, people who are posting on LinkedIn, like if you're posting in your account, you can see, you know, more activity data or metrics. There's a lot more people who are looking at it. So I completely agree. Like, it's definitely worth it, especially right now to start posting on LinkedIn if you're a rep. But two questions on that that I've heard before. i ask you the first one. So dealing with activity quotas. So a lot of organizations, you've got, hey, we want to see how many emails you're sending. We want to see how many calls you're sending. But they're not being measured on LinkedIn content. How can reps with a heavy load activity, heavy activity quota, weave that in to what they are doing in their busy
2: days? Ultimately, what what it comes down to is results. For me, I'm a big believer in process as opposed to like metrics. Metrics is important. But if you're just doing like activity for the sake of doing activity without generating results, it's just kind of like you're just spinning wheels. Mm -hmm. Um, So the focus is on, you know, not really the activity. It's more about, okay, are you generating meetings with that new prospects? What have you done to get there? How can we replicate that process? And once you find that process that works, how do we scale that? That's kind of the question that managers and reps need to ask to figure out what's working. And then once they figure that system, it's just a matter of scaling that system. LinkedIn is is a big big kind of uh, way to kind of generate leads. But the problem is, keep in mind, there's a lot of LinkedIn automation out there that's uh, allowing reps to kind of do automation. And most people find LinkedIn to be their own private kind of space. So when you start doing cold outreach on LinkedIn without kind of any type of um, opt-in or, you know, uh, kind of pre, pre pre-kind of, Conversation it it just puts off a lot of people and they know it's just automated so it doesn't actually get the results that you want. Whereas if you do something like okay let me add this person on LinkedIn be like hey listen how can I help and then the next step is you know follow up follow up with an email. Um, next step is let's do a call. By the way I, I added you on LinkedIn you just wanted to say hello here I am. Um, this is what you know I saw this is what you focus on. How could we put, provide value for you based on what we do here X Y Z and then and then go follow that process. From that standpoint, instead of just doing this activity, focus on the process, just generating results in terms of meetings being booked. And then once you get the meetings being booked, how much of those actually converting to uh, uh, demos, and then demos to uh, co- uh, closes will get you a better systemized process that you can kind of use to then scale in terms of uh, results.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So really being mindful of you know, not just calling, emailing or posting on LinkedIn, but like, how can I use, how can I use those channels together to amplify the results I'm getting, right? Maybe I don't need to post on LinkedIn, you know, four or five times. I don't have to go from posting zero times to four or five times a day. Maybe I can just post one piece of really relevant content and use that in my outreach to direct attention to that, tag people, kind of test and experiment with what you're doing. And maybe that can help you get those results like, the end result meetings, right? If you're, if you're being judged on, we're talking about outreach activity. Outstanding. The second question I have around that, let's say if you're a rep and you want to do well at your job, but maybe you're in an industry that like, you know, I don't want to create content about these widgets because I just find it so boring. Or is there a workaround for a rep who, you know, maybe they're younger, but they believe in LinkedIn as a channel, but like, it's tough for them to get around, you know, maybe they feel, maybe they're younger and feel like they're not experts in what they're doing. They've only been there for a year or two, What going through the mind of a rep like that, who might be younger, what advice would you give around that?
2: That's a great question. And I I think a lot of like millennials in that, in that, uh, in that boat in terms of being frustrated with the position and not really knowing what what they, what they want to do and where they want to go. My advice would be is be, vulnerable and kind of transparent and share that story with the, uh, with LinkedIn. Cause what you're going to get is two, uh, two of two things that happen. One, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to relate to your post, which will kind of put you again in kind of that, uh, that category of kind of a LinkedIn um, kind of uh, one of the content people that share, share, share on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. two, you might even attract someone who will come to that post and be like, Hey, listen, I saw it posting on online. I see that you have a good following. I think you might be a better fit for this role that we have at at our company. Do you have any interest in software or whatever that industry is? And now, because the rep is sharing their personal experience with what they're going through, they'll start attracting potential positions that might be a better fit. Secondly, what they can do is they don't need to kind of be subject matter experts in terms of what they're selling. Even the concept of like sharing how they're selling or the process of selling, big thing that a lot of people that are have an appetite for, just to understand the sales process and what people are doing to kind of, um, that is something that a lot of people have an appetite for that they could also share within their uh, kind of posting as well.
0: Awesome. like So sharing, you don't necessarily have to share content that's directly li- related to what you're doing sh- or your, what you're selling or your industry, but share human content, share, as you were saying, more, maybe more vulnerable content. And that'll just, that's just going to attract eyeballs and like, you don't necessarily have to be a subject matter expert in, you know, your industry necessarily and post about the time. But you are a subject matter expert in you. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about you and talk about, you know, stuff people can relate to. And I definitely agree that, you know, as time goes on, I believe that companies are going to look for these reps who have these platforms, especially if they're tightly woven into an industry. For sure. Kind of like, hey, I'm not just getting a person who has this type of sales ability or whatever, but I'm also getting this audience, someone who can attract people. So for sure. I want to know more about who your ideal customers, what are some great use cases you've seen? Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Sure. So uh, I've been a reply for four years now. When I first started with strictly email automation mm-hmm. and our product roadmap has been geared around answering the question, how can we help the person doing outreach kind of facilitate the sales process from start to finish. So what does that look like? One, you have to get the leads Two, there has to be some kind of outreach, whether it's email, call, social touch task, which we have right now via omni-channel sequencing. And then once they actually get that meeting after the the discovery and demo, how do you ensure that the reps follow up in a timely manner? So you keep top of mind until that deal closes. So that's how, one way in which kind of Reply kind of facilitates that process. To get the leads, we have a Chrome extension where you could literally pull in leads, the more core uh, CRMs like Salesforce, HubSpot, uh, Copper, as well as be able to generate emails via lists on LinkedIn. So you can do Mm -hmm. a, a search criteria for an ideal customer persona on LinkedIn, but now to get emails, you have to go and, you know, find a scraper tool. Whereas with Reply, you could use a Chrome extension to actually do bulk email scraping of those contacts within those lists and it'll actually get the work email of the prospect and returns only verified emails. Once it does, it's as simple as clicking a move to sequence button and moving them into the sequence. And once that occurs, the automation begins. And then when the prospect replies, the automation stops and then the reply lands in your inbox and you go ahead and kind of facilitate the conversation from then on. Now, in terms of where reply is going, a lot of customers, as mentioned previously, have a lot of kind of uh, outbound activity on LinkedIn. We're looking at kind of potentially getting conversion analytics. So, like you said, you want to know what the LinkedIn activity is, and you're not right. the only. A lot of customers are asking for that, and not many people have that in terms of on their roadmap. So, we're saying, you know what, we want to know what the conversion analytics are on LinkedIn in terms of, you know, from messages being sent to getting replies to getting conversions in terms of uh, meetings being booked. Are what we kind of focus on in terms of building out, uh, building a reply.
0: Got it. So you're, you're building out this. And I remember a reply from a few years ago when it was just email automation, right? And I see now you guys have, I saw your website a couple of weeks ago. And from what you've mentioned, like you guys are doing a lot more. You're really building out this rep toolkit because it's like the amount of time that is wasted for having to do like data entry tasks or like moving from one app to another. Can be huge, especially when you're, you know, not only are you have to spend time on outreach, but you have to spend time focusing on these deals that are currently going, like you have to spend time building decks, doing that stuff too. So that definitely helps because it's always important, of course, to bring new blood into the system. I like what you mentioned about continuing outreach and, and keeping them in a, some sort of touch points or keeping them in reply even after the opportunity has started, right? Because that's important too, right? People fall off, they go silent. So keeping people engaged is extremely important. Have you seen people use reply to get more penetration within an organization? I'm trying to see if you've you've seen interesting things on that, like someone going in, maybe getting a meeting with a contact, but then continuing to penetrate that organization, maybe in a a bigger company that has more layers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that uh, customers have used Reply for, and we have actually used it in-house here at Reply. Once we actually get like a big company that comes into our door, we kind of see that you know what they got like a thousand employees. Let's mm-hmm. kind of expand our foot, our footprint. Let's sure. go into marketing. Let's go into uh, other sales reps that could potentially use Reply, and kind of use a land and expand strategy in terms of being able to get more potential opportunities generated from that. Initial uh, lead that came in. So, yeah, 100% uh, companies are using reply to kind of do that land and expand strategy and kind of expand the footprint using uh, technology. And the best part is when you do send the emails, you have detailed analytics where mm-hmm. your reps can kind of hone in on who's actually engaged with your emails the most. Um, you could actually find out who's the links. Um, how many times they've reopened the email using filters. So you can figure out, you know what, these are the ones that are uh, opening the emails a lot, clicking on the link, and then hone in on that list and then pick up the phone and then kind of do that outbound uh, process knowing that there is engagement here. So when you do call that person, the the person will be more warm and receptive to your uh, cold call.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like everyone who's been in sales has gotten like stuck on one contact before at a company and you try to expand and it's just so important to be able to do that. So great to see you guys are are facilitating that with your software. Nish, it's been great to hear about the growth of Reply over the past few years, what you guys are doing now and just hearing about your background as well. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in something you mentioned today or if they're interested in giving Reply a spin?
2: Sure. You can contact me directly on my email, nish at reply.io. You can also reach out to me on my uh, LinkedIn page as well. Uh, it's uh, nishmahane. If you put in uh, reply.io, you'll see my uh, profile as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, great chatting with you, Nish. Really appreciate it and looking forward to seeing the continued growth of Reply.
2: Thank you, Morgan. It was great uh, great chatting with you and uh, thanks for me having, having uh, us uh, on your podcast. Awesome.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.